Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Parent Driven Development Podcast. I'm Josh, and today I'm here with my friend, JC. Hello, I'm JC, and I'm here with my friend, Chris. Hi, I'm Chris, and we're joined with our good friend, Allison. Hi, I'm Allison. Um, you may have noticed I've been missing from the last couple of episodes, and that's because I had a baby. Uh, her name is Layla. She was born at the end of February, and she um, is going to be two months tomorrow. So uh, I'm excited to be back at it, sort of, in very small capacity and quantities. And today we're talking about learning during the workday. And I'm going to be honest, I, uh, even though this is my second maternity leave and I really should have been smarter about this, um, before I went on maternity leave, I put a whole bunch of conferences in pocket to like conference videos and blog posts because I was like, oh, I'll be on maternity leave and it'll be a great time to, you know, learn a little bit about GraphQL, a little bit about Electron, a little bit about Rust, a little bit about Elm, like, you know, it'll just be this really great time to focus on these different things while I'm, you know, to sort of help keep my brain going. I have read no blog posts and watched no conference videos so far, but uh, I think that's sort of a really good intro into like how we um, as parents sort of need to figure out how to do more learning during the workday and how to keep up on new technologies and what's coming out and making sure that we're staying relevant with our limited time. So you're saying having a baby is not a good strategy for making time to learn. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> what? You made a big list of things to do and that were nice to have and didn't get around to them? Yeah. <laughs> so how do you all, um, so, you know, not on maternity or parental leave with a new baby. I think no matter how old your your child is, you always have sort of like limited time once you once you have children. And at least for me, I know that I'm just like a lot more tired at the end of the day. It's not like I can like stay up till like 3 a.m. and do like a learning binge and then like just catch up on sleep the next day or, you know, something like that. So what are challenges that you all find and what are some things that you do to help stay with it? So... I would like to say that even after I took parental leave and I came back, there was a, a long period of, of no learning that happened at all <laughs> when the kids were young, you know, for, for each of them. And that was just part of the, you know, stuck in the need to stay afloat phase, right? And like, I couldn't, I couldn't, didn't have time to sleep and take care of the critical tasks at work um, for a little while there. And it got better, but, you know, it was definitely... That was just not happening for a little while, and I think that's okay. <laughs> um, and and it was for me at least was pretty necessary. I definitely remember those days as well. Like I, <laughs> I was just actually telling a friend of mine the other day. I was kind of amazed how I even kept down a job after we had our baby. Exactly. Um, <laughs> for, forget about learning new things. Like remembering the old things I learned seemed to be a huge challenge. So I, <laughs> I dumped. Definitely sympathize, Allison. I don't think right after having a child is <laughs> is, an, is an opportune time to be ramping up the extracurricular learning. I mean, I fully expect, I do have another, you know, I've got another handful of weeks of maternity leave. I fully expect that I'll be an expert in all of the things that I named previously by the time, by the time I start back. Naturally, yeah. 
Absolutely. That might even be so, pushing it, I feel like. <laughs> and my child will be on a schedule too. <laughs> I think I think one of the things that we're missing in, in, in this panel, especially today, is that we're we're none neither uh, the, of the four of us is a single parent. And so our experience is probably a little bit different than those with that are single parents. It might be even, you know, two or three times more difficult for them to keep up because sharing the, t- um, the responsibilities with a new baby, uh, it's still very difficult for us. I know, I remember my, my oldest is almost 18. So yes, I'm old. And I remember when he was born, he would not sleep. He would just cry at night. And it was the, probably the worst three, four nights of my life. And I did not have parental leave. I took a couple of days off. That was it. Then I had to go back to work and I had to commute like a 35, 40 minute commute. Uh, and I was in school as well, going to, um, working full time, going to school part time and with a new baby. So I, after about seven days of that, I could not do it anymore. And I basically said my wife, to my wife, I'm like, I am sorry, but I cannot handle this. Being able to stay up at night with him and then still do everything I need to do during the day. And she had, uh, she had decided to stay home with the baby. So she took over all the night duties and I was able to kind of keep it together with all the stuff we'd been doing before with going to school and going to work and all that. So it was exhausting anyway, but I think the added stress of having a baby just drains you, not just the lack of sleep and, and the new responsibilities, but it's a, it's a new stress in your life that you may not be accustomed to. So that part of it also really just, you know, drains you of energy and, and it just wears on you. So it makes it very difficult to learn anything new. And and at that point I was just trying to keep up as well. So, and having a hard time doing it. I can't imagine how it is now with all the new things that seem to be buying for our attention to try to keep up with everything. This was 18 years ago, you know, with my oldest, we've had three more since, but I think we kind of had a rhythm by then with the other ones. Not that it wasn't easier. <laughs> JC, has it gotten better? Because I feel like our daughter's 10 and I hate to discourage you, Allison, but I <laughs> I don't feel like my free time. I mean, I guess it has improved, but like, if, you, like, if you're referring to free time. Yeah. Well, I mean, like time for learning. I, I feel like you just it's never going to be. You're never going to have that, like, I'm just going to jam on this new library all night long. Like, I just don't feel like that ever comes back. Well, you still have everything else to do, right? So I don't think it, I don't think it does. And we have four kids. Luckily, like I've mentioned before, the older two are in high school. They they can drive. They have a car. They can get themselves where they need to be. They're self-sufficient. The other two still need to go to piano lessons. They still need to go to sports, you know, whatever they're practicing, basketball. Right now, my daughter's doing softball. So I go to all the practices because I'm on, you know, an assistant coach there. I'm assistant coach for football. And it's just how much we choose to take on, I guess, and how m- many things we choose to do with our children. But we're always busy. I find I just take my laptop with me for the times like if I'm waiting an hour at, at piano for my two younger ones to go through their lessons, I just have my laptop and I can work on something there or read up on something, you know, a blog post or watch a instructional video or something or just watch something for fun. Or, you know, waste time on Twitter. But you have to kind of, the busier you are, the more aware you are of the time you have or don't have. And you kind of figure out how to prioritize that time. And you get a lot done. So I think it it definitely gets a whole lot better. At least that's been my experience. Um, And I I realize that I'm I'm lucky and have, you know, family support and other things like that that I I can rely on from time to time, which is super critical. Um, but yeah, I probably wouldn't stay up all night coding on something. 
um, like I used to or, or learning some new technology. But uh, I do <laughs> haul my laptop around to gymnastics meets and mm-hmm. taekwondo practice. And um, that's like my uninterrupted heads down time that I, that I get everything done in. And, you know, so I think those are there and also have to make conscious decisions of what responsibilities we take on. So yeah. coaching different teams, uh, you know, you know, coordinating fundraising for sports or participating in school stuff um, and just being very conscious about, nope, those aren't <laughs> for the health of the family. We're deciding not to do those things. And part of that so that I get time to, you know, do professional developments or learn about something totally random and new that is interesting. Also, as they get older, I mean, and, and mine are in that, that still needed carpool around, you know, 10 to 12 age. Like now part of it is, is engaging and doing things with them or at least with them in, in the room so that they see, they see that process happening of like, nope, I'm sitting down, I'm working on this. And I'll tell you what I'm doing. And they can kind of, realize that I don't think they like grok didn't really understand any of those, the stuff that's going on, but they see that that's something you do and they're learning that that's what, <laughs> that's what we need to do if we're going to keep getting better. And, and just being exposed to that, I think is, is very helpful um, for them learning how to develop themselves through observing the parents. Yeah. Right? They say that parents make like excellent workers because you're because when you're a parent like you are so like efficient and aware of the time that you have and and you don't have and like you really sort of look at your work day or just you know spots of times that you have here and there and you know like so I found that those pockets of time are really awesome and I just have to make sure that I'm like laser focused in like making sure that I have things bookmarked so that like you know, even if we're like at the playground and, you know, my kid is, is doing fine, then like I can, you know, read a blog post or, you know, check out a thing or, or whatever. And then during the workday also just sort of being really like laser focused on, okay, this is the area. Like I try to like set goals and sort of stick you know, stick to them like every quarter. And so I'll say like, okay, this quarter, like I really want to know more. I really want to ramp up my ability about like testing, you know, writing tests and whatever. And so I will make sure that like just during the course of my workday, I pay more attention to those things. I take more notes on those things. And in those like little pockets of time, like that's what my focus is. I want to read more about those things as parents, I think that one of our strengths, like you could see it as a weakness because we don't have more time to sort of learn outside of work and just like experiment and, you know, play around with things or whatever. But it's also, I would say, a benefit because we're so good at finding those pockets of time and really like maximizing what we want to learn and what we want to do and making sure that we're like staying focused on that. Like I will say that as my three-year-old got older, I do feel like as long as I sort of stayed focused, I do feel like it got better because, you know, I would be able to say to him like, hey, you know, like, why don't you whatever build a thing and I'm going to, you know, read this other thing or whatever, you know, they do sort of gradually get more independent. And so making sure that I'm like utilizing those pockets of time without burning out. So I think this is sort of like a sidebar of the question is that sometimes I feel like I have to use every spare moment for like learning and and doing and getting better. And sometimes I feel like I 
pushed myself too far in that direction and almost like edge on being burnt out because I'm like never giving myself really effective breaks because I'm like, I don't have much time. Like I don't have time for breaks. As, as somebody who's, who's known you for years, that's probably a more unique problem for yourself. <laughs> like you tend to schedule and push yourself very hard and you know, any wasted time is, is a horrible waste. And so, yeah, I think there's a, a certain, you know, group of people that probably fall into that. That that last thing you said, Allison, I feel that way too sometimes that I should always be learning something because there is oh, so much out there that I need to be learn learning and that I I know I don't know or I don't feel very good about you know the level of my knowledge or I feel the big imposter syndrome thing about and so I'm always thinking and you know what can I learn what can I be looking at and usually on the weekends I'm thinking okay I should learn something this weekend or I should work on something and I have a wrestling tournament so I I'll have two-hour gaps in between each match that my kid is in that I can, you know, dedicate to something. And at the end of the day, sometimes I learn nothing. And I, I decide, you know what, I've decided in the last probably six months, I think it's been more, the way I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy my weekend and try to get everything done during the week and then just enjoy the weekend. And it's been a lot healthier. Um, there have been plenty of weekends where I've, you know, pushed myself to do something, learn something or work on, uh, you know, something else, a project or whatever that's going to help me, you know, learn something or get a little experience in something that, I, that I've been interested in or that I feel I need for work or, or just in general. But uh, always prioritizing over things I'm doing with my kids. So, you, Chris, you mentioned you had this checklist that you went through and one of them was fundraisers. And so I've been involved with fundraisers for the football team. Don't be involved in fundraisers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I see it as it's my turn. You know, and yeah. my kids will be there for the next three years. So I'll be on the committees and stuff and doing that. And uh, it's an annual thing. Um, so we we did it. We we got done a couple of weeks ago. We were out in the parking lot. We delivered mulch. We, we kids sold mulch to, to homes and delivered it. We were out there for about eight hours. I was my lips were sunburned. <laughs> it was a cold, cold day. It was the first weekend in April. and It was so cold. And we were hauling bags of mulch onto trucks and then sending them off. And we had spent hours before prepping for that with uh, routes and, you know, different neighborhoods, et cetera. So there's a lot of time that gets eaten up. But I think, like you said, Allison, is, as a parent, you're aware of your time and what you do and don't have. And so you can we I think we all mentioned earlier, we look at our calendar all the time. And uh, when we were chatting about, you know, getting ready for this call. And we and we do. And then and there's a reason for that. Right. And, and we can offload a lot of this cognitive load onto the calendar and then just rely on that. And I think if we get better at it where we can just say, OK, here's my pattern. What do I do next? It makes it easier to handle that time. I, I think another time saver has been I don't watch TV anymore. Like having on demand TV has like liberated so much time because you can say like, ah, I don't have time for that right now, but I can watch it later or next month or whenever. And it's just, there's no more of a, Hey, we're watching this Wednesday nights or Thursday nights or whatever. We don't, we don't watch TV. Yeah. Um, I, well, at least I don't. And cause I feel like also part of it is the learning thing is like staying competitive, right? Like, um, I think you all have been in the industry for a lot longer than, than I've been. Uh, and so sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm like up against all these, you know, like, 
younger folks that like don't have responsibilities. And so like, I have to stay competitive against them, but they have so much more, you know, it feels like they have so much more of like an advantage over me because they have so much more time. And so, you know, I feel like that's also a piece of learning is also like, okay, how do I make sure that I'm staying competitive in the industry? I think I've definitely adjusted the things I want to try to learn um, as I've had less time. Like I don't have the raw number of hours to like be heads down on a new JavaScript framework that's out this week um, and and learn that. But I do have time to, like you mentioned previously, Allison, um, catch up on blog posts um, in between, you know, sports activities, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like where I try to dedicate my learning hours has shifted to more like less just raw in front of the computer hours. That, that, that does work a little better for me. It might not be what you want to like, you know, particularly learn about, but I've, I've definitely molded what skills I'm focusing learning on with the, the time and formats I have available. So being a Rails dev primarily is what I consider myself, right? And, and I found that the most efficient way to, for me to learn at this point, because I'm pretty familiar with, you know, Rails, Ruby, whatever, is to find and watch good video tutorials. Because someone's already distilled all the reading, you know, they've they've they put all this information and just gotten the 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 important parts, the meat of the thing you want to learn into a concise video, and it just I find that it's like okay, I can spend five minutes on this short video or say fifteen minutes on this twenty minute video because you can even do it faster, and then um, you can run it at one point two five times the speed or whatever, and it still sounds fine, and and you can keep up. And I find that that way for me to learn recently in the last year or two has been very effective and very efficient where I know what I want to learn and I can find something that maybe will teach it to me. And then I can fill in gaps when it's like, okay, I'm still not sure about this. You can then go read docs or whatever. But uh, for me, that's been super useful and a time saver because I'm not having to hunt things down. Somebody's already put it together for me. And here it is. Listening to podcasts and conference videos at like a faster speed is, I think, one of the best time-saving hacks ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I gained, so, you know, I'm like, oh, I just gained more minutes. It's really when I learned, yeah. somebody suggested it to me and I was like, this is incredible. It's like such a small, ridiculous thing, but it was awesome. It's totally yeah. like that Matrix movie where Neo downloads Kung Fu into his brain. That's what I feel like when I jam through a conference talk and half the time it's like, oh, I know Ember. <laughs> so I've only done this once and I'm sort of experimenting with the thought of maybe doing it more often in the future. So I'm, um, I also while maternity leave switch jobs and I'm about to, well, when I go back to work, I'll be starting it. Um, I'll be starting it at GitHub in a new role, working with a new technology that I haven't worked with before. And so one thing that I've again done like once or twice in the past that I'm thinking about doing more in the future is sort of like a, a learning staycation. Uh, so I guess I've been pretty lucky that I've worked at a couple of places with unlimited PTO. And I'm thinking about like once a quarter or something taking like three or four days off where I use maybe like one of the days for like self-care and then three days straight of like just some like pretty focused learning. And, you know, just to be able to like give 
focused effort towards like one thing that I really want to ramp up on. Have any of you ever done that or thought about doing that? I love this idea. It's almost like you're going to a personal conference. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, think about it. it. Like, if you yeah. if you were going to go to a conference, you would, you know, it, for people that don't have unlimited vacation, I, I mean, I, I'm in a situation where I don't have unlimited vacation, but my employer will be pretty good about giving me the time to go to a conference, especially if it's very related to what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, like, if I scheduled that as just a two-day personal conference and then actually followed through and, like, like okay, AM – I'm workshopping this PM. I'm workshopping this Friday night karaoke by myself, you know, maybe not that one, (laughs) but if you like planned it out as a personal conference, I really like that idea, Allison. So I don't tend to learn things by watching tutorials or talks. I mean, I I, I like to do that because that's a good way to kind of get a a survey, but if I want to get deep, I normally have a side project. So I've done something similar where I'll take time and for me, it was always like, I need a different place to be because like my, my brain switches modes when I, when I'm in a different surrounding and can not worry about the laundry list of chores that I have, um, and doing the dishes and that sort of thing. So I have to, I have to change where I am. And then, uh, normally it's to go work on a side project. And that's really an excuse to do personal development. I want to learn iOS development. And so I'm going to, I'd kind of gotten things ready. And then I just going to block out a few days of time and then <laughs> go away from the house all day long because going, you know, like away to a different, you know, geographic location wouldn't work with the family because somebody's still got to go and, and do the, the carpools. But that's, that's the sort of thing. Like if I can go and work at a coffee shop with nobody that I know around, I can be heads down and get through a bunch of stuff. Um, and I've done similar things like that here and there and found it very, very useful. Yeah, I've also taken a day off here and there to just work on something or learn about something too. And and you know, as far going back to the video tutorial stuff, I think it's great. It like I said, it, it kind of compresses information. You can speed through it. Uh, I tend to pause things when I'm following along. You know, because following along, typing it yourself, whatever. If it's something technical like that or code, that's kind of how, how it stays in your brain. I think, or at least for me, kind of like you said, Chris, you need a side project. Um, so I do do that, but I'm not wasting the time trying to figure out, okay, what's next? How do I do this next or whatever? Somebody's already jumped through those hoops for me and I can just follow the next steps, you know, in order. And I don't have to worry about debugging or, you know, why isn't this working? Let's go look online and figure out why it's not working. And so saves that time. Knowing how you learn, I think is a really important part that you just brought up. Um, like I, I'm also a, a hands-on doer learner. Like I, I get my, my best learning when I'm actually writing the code and following along versus just like reading a blog post. So, so knowing how you learn, I think is a really important component, but something else I wanted to bring up was setting a goal in terms of like, not just what you want to learn, but how in depth you want to learn it. I used to work at an education startup and they had classes targeted towards two different levels of like knowledge. They talked about like you either learn something for fluency so you can talk about it and understand it. And these were technical skills or you learn something like at an expert level so you can actually dig in and do it. And I feel like that's an important like goal to set as well as you go into learning. So we've talked about kind of learning outside of work. And so as professional developers, what about learning, you know, while we're on the clock? I, I feel like that's 
probably the most viable option for mm-hmm. me these days is is oh, doing yeah. that and convincing my employer uh, and the rest of my team that spending time doing this is what's best for the company. That is the dream, isn't it? If you can make that happen, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I find that for learning on the job, again, sort of going back to goal setting, like I will, you know, set a couple of goals for, you know, for the year and then um, have like one step towards that goal that I want to like accomplish each quarter. And I make sure that I've been on a bunch of different teams. Like sometimes I've had a manager, sometimes there's been a technical lead, sometimes everyone on the team is like just, you know, at a peer level. But making sure that folks on the team also know about my goals, like whether it's, you know, the technical lead or the the people that I sort of work with most closely so that they can pull me into stuff. So let's like, let's say that I want to improve on testing, right, which has been a goal in the past. If my team knows about it, that I can also say, hey, so if you're like working on something that involves writing a lot of tests, please, you know, I'll keep my eye out. But also if you remember, like, please let me know. It'd be great if we could pair or if I could like review the pull request just so that like they know what my goals are. And if it's like a manager or a tech lead, um, you know, you can sort of check in with them more often because they can sometimes create those opportunities. You know, maybe there's something on the roadmap that like, was a little further out, but is aligned with one of the things you want to learn. Like maybe they say, okay, well, you want to learn this. So let's actually like pull this forward in the roadmap so that you can work on it this quarter or, you know, or whatever. So again, like just keeping sort of laser focused on setting a goal and then keeping focused on it and making sure that I'm not trying to learn too much. Cause I found that when I have like really broad goals or like my goals are really different from each other, then I end up like not really like almost not learning anything because my my focus is too split to actually like concentrate and really get sort of deep into something. Have you had any trouble convincing your, your manager or, or whoever it is that this should be where you're spending your time? Not usually, although I'll say that like usually my goals are they're not about like new technologies or things that are sort of new to the code base. They're sort of, you know, they're often things that are already baked into the code base, right? So becoming more efficient at testing or like focusing for a quarter on really getting good at enumerables and all the things that that class can do, right? Like those are things that you sort of come up against and see in code bases all the time. And so it's just like, okay, this is what I want to focus on because I really want to like understand it a little better. It's a little more difficult, you know, if you're sort of up against a deadline, I would say the closer that you are to any sort of like any sort of deadline, the more difficult it becomes. But if you take advantage of the time that you have when you're a little further out from the deadline, then I haven't found it to be problematic. It seems like the perfect thing to kind of bring up every, you know, if if you do regular one-on-ones with your manager, which hopefully (laughs) you are doing, it it seems like the kind of good thing to revisit in your one-on-ones. Like, hey, I had mentioned that I was really into focusing on innumerables this quarter and I haven't had that opportunity or I'm looking for that just to like, to like replant that seed in your manager's head that like, hey, here's a thing I'm working on. If anything comes across, you know, the grapevine that you hear about that would be good for me to get involved with, please let me know. So I think related to that, it's important to make sure that as a somebody who manages a team, don't make it a problem or a task that your manager needs to deal with. 
but instead kind of show up and present. I want to learn about it. I Here's how I'm going to do that. And getting the okay is a lot different than saying, I need you to make sure I have that. It'll be easier to, to succeed in, in doing so if, if you kind of show up with a, um, I'd like to pair with so-and-so because they're good at this. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, that's amazing. Uh, go for it. But if it's like, I want to learn, I want to get better at your JavaScript framework, please make sure I get better at it. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily prioritize that. <laughs> As a manager, Chris, do you think it's important then to come with a suggestion of what that might be like? I want to get better at a JavaScript framework. Could I be assigned to work with a JavaScript developer next sprint or something like that? Is it, is that, do you think that's helpful as a manager? Especially if there's not infrastructure in place for learning. So, you know, a lot of companies are good about this and uh, have resources available. And if there's that sort of thing, then obviously that's, if there's a process in place for that, you know, jump in and, and try to follow that. Um, you know, for example, at Radius, we have a, uh, a learning lunch every week where people present topics and other people, you know, learn stuff and ask questions. And then we normally have tasks that we have to go work on, you know, homework. Um, that's great. We have kind of a little process for that, but I've also been in plenty of places where there isn't anything. And if there isn't, and I had not, you know, just a last week, I got uh, one of the, the devs on my team is like, I want to get better at, you know, fancy new JavaScript ES6 stuff. Like here's a video course I would like to use. Like, can you buy me a copy? I was like, no brainer. Absolutely. Um, that's so much cheaper than, you know, sending somebody to a conference or to take a course or something like that. You know, that's, or if I, Hey, I want to learn this. Uh, here's a book. Absolutely. <laughs> like not a problem. I won't, won't even hesitate. I find that also that, uh, getting learning resources like that is usually, you know, okay. It's a no brainer. Like you said, uh, conferences might be depending on the conference, et cetera. But uh, if you're going to be learning at work on something you're going to be working on, I try to look for things that I'm not necessarily very comfortable with sometimes if I have the time or if I'm done with certain tasks and I can sometimes push to say like, Hey, I'd like to work on that because it's something that is going to require me to do a lot of reading, a lot of, you know, learning as I go. And, but it's going to, it's another feather in my cap, I guess it's, I, I try to push yourself with things, you know, or onto things that you're not necessarily necessarily comfortable with at work, I find is an easy way to learn. Right. And so there's always other devs that know things that I don't know. They're good at things that I'm not as good at. And so working with them, I think everybody's mentioned that or tagging along or asking them questions or whatever is a good way to do it. So I think a lot of this relies on the the team that you're on having, you know, mm -hmm. some sort of support. I know Allison, you've had um, yes. that roles that you were kind of like on your own. Like, I hope I can figure this out. How did you manage that? Yeah, I was going to say, you said before, you know, there are a lot of companies that are good at having sort of some sort of structure in place for learning. And I wanted to be like, well, not that many companies. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> because I, I actually think that like the lunch and learn that you mentioned sounds amazing where like, you know, it's a regular thing that happens and there are sort of tasks that come out of it and ways that you can then check in with colleagues about like, that sounds amazing. I think that sort of thing, honestly, is is fairly rare. 
So yeah, I think that, you know, tackling something that's hard is great, although it can be really tough with like imposter syndrome to be like, am I making progress in an okay way, right? Sometimes there's also a risk to tackling something that's hard. Like you'll learn throughout, but you also don't know. I think this sort of depends on the psychological safety of your team, right? Like is somebody going to tell you if you're not moving fast enough and will somebody sort of like jump in and help or if you ask for help like is that available right to make sure that you that you are sort of doing well i think that learning on your own um yeah can be really difficult and i've definitely i've definitely been in it i will say that i've been at places that have had really really good intentions right they really wanted to support learning and wanted to support individuals sort of leveling up and becoming better etc but like the resources weren't always there in terms of time and the uh, sometimes like the willingness from other teammates also like wasn't you know wasn't always there people have different levels of experience with like mentoring and, you know, pairing and working with developers at a different level than, than they're at. So that's honestly why I've often tried to sort of pick goals that can fit into everyday things and not like, okay, I'm going to learn this new JavaScript framework. Or I'm going to experiment with, you know, this thing over here or whatever, because I wanted to make sure that I had the support and it was a little bit easier to make sure that I had at least some support if I was working on something that would like hit a lot of different tickets or, or tasks in the code base. I think the other part is finding outside resources and making time for for those and so Chris and I will will meet uh, you know to sort of talk about code things periodically there's also uh, I've been pairing with um, Aaron Patterson on some like Ruby internal stuff, uh, you know, once a week for an hour. And that was something that we started a little while ago. And, you know, at work, I was just like, okay, I'm going to, this is like one hour of professional development. And it's totally okay for me to take this one hour of professional development. It's not like five hours, you know, every day or even a week, like it's just one hour. And it was something that I prioritized. And I think that most employers would be okay with that sort of thing. If you were like, I would like this one hour to work on this thing. Cause, and you know, and it'll, it'll level up my skills in these ways, which will be better for the company in the long run. So I think also sometimes finding outside resources is helpful. I feel like just going through that exercise, like to present to your company, Hey, I want this hour to level up this skill Here's how it's going to benefit the company. I think feel like just going through that exercise makes it so much more of a solid plan and makes it so much more realistic that you're going to follow through and that your employer is going to recognize the effort that you're putting into it and frankly, taking the work off of their plate to come up with the development plan for you. Yeah, the one thing I did want to make sure we mentioned was external groups like meetups and yes. local developer community uh, or even yep. people you meet through conferences and going out and doing that. I, that has been super critical for me for both learning on a technical side as well as you know networking and finding other people when looking for jobs or needing to hire and all of that. It, you know, it, it's come down to a thing where you know I have an agreement where you know my wife and I we kind of put stuff on our little shared calendar. And if you get it on there, then you get to take that night. And so normally about once a week, we'll go off and do something and kind of, you know, normally I go to Ruby meetups and things like that. And 
that has been so valuable. I like I can't, you know, from from so much from so many different uh, points of view. So yeah, I, I highly recommend that. And I know it's hard to make it out, but <laughs> I need a support group, uh, not just from, you know, networking, but also just I need to go out and talk like a grown up for a little while to other adults. <laughs> And that, about, that gives about me a place your to technical do. side, right? Yeah. <laughs> about in, anything, anything other than than you know poopy diapers, anything. <laughs> like yeah, that. no, I definitely consider I like. Uh, I know that it's going to be another couple of months until I can make it back out to meetups, but I definitely consider the like Ruby meetups around here to also basically be my social life. So yeah, because it's it's both learning and and friends. And I would say that if you can't make it to meetups, like what I'll do before I can leave my husband to do bedtime solo with a baby and a toddler is make sure that I'm finding folks that can co-work locally. Because even if I can't take an evening, because evenings are sort of a little more chaotic and difficult, maybe you know I can co-work for a half day or a day once or twice a week to you know be chatting with folks and because you still get sort of like a little bit of like technical osmosis even if it's not with other you know it can be with other like ruby developers or just developers working on other stuff you know it's good to have that that social interaction you do i think learn a lot uh if you can you know if you can find a group of folks to co-work with especially if you work from home you work remote right so i too would second the the whole uh, meetup thing I think we've called them meetups now, right? <laughs> but you, the the sense of community you get from it, and you make friends, and and then you're online too. If you have a Slack group for your meetup or whatever, I think it's great. I think it's healthy, and you learn. You never know what you're going to learn from different people. Everybody has something to offer in that sense too. So it's great to surround yourself by peers that can bring you up. Do we want to do our uh, wins fails? Uh, the lawyers have informed me it is genius fail. Oh, <laughs> so I have my fail for the week. <laughs> we should I, probably I called introduce... it the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That was terrible. Ter- that no, was that's terrible fine. Shaming. I'm sorry. Um, so we should probably explain. This is a segment we do every week. We call it Genius or Fail. And we kind of go around and pick a moment from the last week or two of parenting that we want to hold up as a shining example of how fantastic of a parent we are, or more usually a shining example of what you should not do as a parent. So I have an easy one. Josh and I just got back from RailsConf, which was amazing. Yes. And it was, it was amazing. It was great to hang out with, you know, my podcast buddy and run around a conference. Uh, my win, which I think is fairly obvious, but just, just in case it isn't, is conference swag as gifts for the kids when you come home. Because I want you to know that those stickers, <laughs> you know, yo-yos and t-shirts are, are like their favorite things ever. These are little treasures that the kids got. Um, and it's one of these things where when I request conference shirts, I now tend to request the smallest size possible so that I can hand it to a child and um, make their day and I want you to know that technical conferences are like my kids are just rocking, you know, at their at their school. They've got the best technical conference uh, swag. Yeah. Totally school and all the rest of them. It's, That's amazing. It's it's fun. That also works for spouses. So when I go to conferences and <laughs> uh-huh. I leave my husband with, well, was one child now two children, um, making sure that I bring him home a couple pairs of socks and maybe a shirt and some other stuff goes a long way. I kept the socks for myself. I'm ashamed to admit it. 
My wife uh, rocks the Heroku socks, so, you know, at work and stuff, so, yeah. My husband has pretty much all of my Ruby and Rails Conf t-shirts. Uh, they never seem to fit me, so he gets them. And my daughter rocks any variety of tote bags I pick up. She loves them for bringing books to and from school. Squishy animals, if they have the little squishy things. Oh, Ooh, yeah, I brought one of those back last time from a Ruby Conf, the little uh, shark. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a favorite for my daughter right now. So. But if I can only get one, I'm not bringing it. I have to get two because otherwise they'll be bickering. <laughs> uh... <laughs> my daughter is the only one that cares about the stuffed animals right now. So everybody else is older, all the boys. So it's easy. I'm going to give a couple because it's been a couple of weeks since I've been recording. So I feel like I'm allowed. Uh, also, I'm a new parent. So like every day is filled with like a thousand wins and fails <laughs> like every second. Okay, so two wins and a fail. My first one is actually a, a self-care win. So I had a baby two months ago. I'm nursing. So my body is like all sorts of crazy. I don't really want to go and buy a whole bunch of new clothes because basically I know, I know from my experience with my first that like my body over the next like eight months to a year will just change sizes like probably a dozen times. Um, So it's not really worth sort of investing in clothes, but you know, I'm sort of ready to like not be wearing maternity pants anymore and all sorts of stuff. So I signed up for Letote. It's sort of like Netflix for clothes. So basically you have, there's an app and you pick sort of, there's a stylist and you, you know, you pick what sort of like your style and clothing that you like. And they send you a box of the plan that I chose is three items of clothing and two accessories uh, at a time. And when you're done and they send you like a, you know, return bag, when you're done wearing that stuff, you put it in a bag, you send it back and they send you your next box of stuff. And it's really Really awesome, and you can get as many bags as you can get through in, uh, you know, in in a month for the monthly fee. It's it's unlimited, um, and it's been really nice. They have like some nice nursing stuff, and they have just a bunch of nice options. And so it's fun to to get clothes and be wearing new things without having to shop, try on things, figure out what size I am, etc. So that's been really oh my awesome. God. This. Yeah is amazing i just want to point out it's l-e-t-o-t-e dot com yep and they sadly do not appear to have men's clothing which i will immediately be emailing them about after the podcast yeah but it's it's really great and they have the i'm actually using the like maternity package because when you sign up for maternity that's they have the nursing shirts under that sort of package and you get access to all the non-maternity clothes. So it's been really, it's been really great. My other win, and I'm going to say this and then hopefully not like jinx the whole thing, but my other win is that my baby has been sleeping for this entire podcast. <gasps> don't so, jinx it. I know, right? Yeah, I, I felt like, like I, I could hear to say it as crying. a win. <laughs> But yeah, she her middle of the day nap is a swing nap, I decided, because the rest of the naps are usually sort of shorter crib naps. But it's like, it's very exciting that she has been sleeping. So that's, that, that's a win. <laughs> um, my fail. So my three-year-old, we have one of those safety knobs on his on the inside of his door um but what that means is that means that he can't open his door and uh, my husband leaves for leaves for work usually before my son is awake 
And after like one of the later wake ups of my daughter's wake ups, I'll just sort of like pull her into bed and and nurse her. And then we both sort of like nap, sleep for, for another couple of hours. But I realized that if my son wakes up and I'm nursing my daughter, I can't go get him from his from his room. And so my husband has started before he leaves for work, he will go and just open my son's door a little bit so that when I hear my son wake up, I can just talk them through the monitor and say, grab your cup of milk from the fridge downstairs, you know, come upstairs to to our bedroom because he's he's independent. He's totally like independent enough to do that. But the first the first day that we did that. I heard him wake up and then I didn't hear anything. And a couple minutes later, I looked around his room and like didn't see him. So I talked through the monitor and I, you know, I said, I said, Devin, are you there? And he walks into the room and looks at the camera and goes, is somebody even home or am I all alone here? (laughs) And I realized that we, we hadn't gotten to the step of explaining to him, but like, when daddy goes to work, you know, like is going into the office, he's going to open your door a little so that you, when you wake up, you can just come upstairs to mommy and daddy's room. And it's, it's still a work in progress where we're on yesterday, I think was, was day three of leaving the door open. And I, again, didn't see him in his room. And so I actually walked downstairs and he was sitting in the hallway and he said something like, I thought I was all alone again. <laughs> It's like you were never alone the first time. Again, huh? Yeah. Wow. I was like, first off, you were never alone the first time. We are not leaving you home alone. (laughs) But so we're we're still we're still working on it. But the first day was so is somebody even home or am I just all alone here? I feel like you might get a call from the preschool teacher asking some questions. (laughs) I know, right? That's the other thing I like, gosh, I can only imagine what he what he's telling his preschool teachers, I guess, I, I don't know if this is a win or a fail, but I'll tell one more funny story. Like a month ago, uh, when the baby was, and Devin's been really, really great with the baby. He's like obsessed with being an older brother. That transition has been really good. But we were eating dinner and the baby started crying. Devin looks at my husband and goes, daddy, you need to shake the baby so she stops crying. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I can just imagine him going into preschool and saying, my daddy shakes my baby when she's crying so she will stop. I was like, no, 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 that is not what we do. We gently rock and bounce the baby to soothe her. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably get a call. <laughs> yeah, what is even going on in that house? <laughs> Wow. Anyway, so that's my my fail. Hopefully, my son will eventually realize that it's that he's not alone. He just has to look upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can go next. I think this is a. It was supposed to be a genius, and it turned into a fail. Um, my daughter really likes to draw and create projects with art. She's always saving extra boxes, extra art supplies. She loves making stuff. Um, we also enjoy video games together. Uh, so I had read about a new game slash product that Nintendo was coming out with called Labo, uh, L-A-B-O. And it's basically a, a set of projects that you make out of cardboard. You fold them according to instructions that um, are displayed on the screen when you use a special cartridge. It makes different projects like a piano or there's like a fishing rod. I think there's like a bicycle handles. And then you integrate a Nintendo Switch into the cardboard thing that you've made 
and you play cool games. There's options for like customizing these machines that it all sounds really awesome. So I pre-ordered this kit. It arrived while I was at RailsConf last week. Um, got home, opened the box with Evie. We both took a look at it. It's like, this looks awesome. We can't wait to do this. And we have not opened the box since. It's sitting on the side of my bed. And every like day, it just sits there and shames me. Like, why haven't you opened me? Why aren't you playing with me with your daughter? And she's actually mentioned a couple times, like, hey, can we crack that open? And it's like, either the timing's not good for me or it's not good for her. I guess we're basically just too busy to tackle a project together. So kind of a fail, but we're both looking forward to some mythical day when we both have time to work on this project. I just Googled for this thing. It looks awesome. (laughs) I'll just mention we've also both separately mentioned like maybe we could just buy two and each do it ourselves, (laughs) which I think is the ultimate fail. So we are not going to do that. That's funny. The whole point of doing it together, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think for my, I'm going to call it a not necessarily genius moment, but it's a win. I don't care what the lawyers say. <laughs> so, so going back to the fundraising thing that Chris had mentioned, and don't do fundraisers. Uh, we did uh, for the football team, it's a mulch fundraiser. You sell mulch to homes, and everybody needs mulch in the spring. So it's a great, actual useful fundraiser, I think. So we get, we're get we on board for that one. And the boys can earn up to 100% of the fees that the booster club can, cape, can cover if they sell enough mulch. And so as parents, we said, hey, there's no reason for us to fork over any money for uh, your fees that you can cover. So you need to get out there and sell. And the boys were out selling uh, a little bit, not too enthusiastically at first. And then my wife came up with uh, a script that they could just leave. Uh, they were leaving a, a phone uh, you know, a message or if they were um, knocking on someone's door, they could leave a flyer and add a script and it had their phone numbers. Um, and they were able to sell enough to cover, um, their fees. So that was great. And, but they actually spent a lot of time going back and forth and picking up checks from people and making sure orders were filled and, and they had the money for it. And I kept a spreadsheet tracking both of the, both of their sales and they were both in the, my younger one was the overall top seller. So he got additional rewards for that. And then my second, my, my oldest child was a second place for his class. Um, so they were able to cover all of their fees, almost 500 bucks, maybe 600 bucks worth of everything by doing this. Um, so for us, that was a, bi- a big win. One of the fails in that was that my 15 year old had an old message in there that says, Hey, if I'm not picking up on his phone, if I'm not picking up, it probably means I don't like you, blah, blah, blah. You know, just being a smart aleck from a year or two ago. And so a lady called him back and she she then called his number was the first number on the sheet and my older son's number was the second number so then she called my older son and said hey i called your brother but his message was kind of rude and so i just call you and uh, you know you can you, you can take this sale basically and so that was kind of funny to us to 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 see that some lady had actually listened to his answering message and he didn't even know what it said anymore it'd been years since he'd probably listened to it and he lost a, a big sale because of that it was his old answering message. So he probably reset it and, and changed it. So that was kind of a fail on his part. So and anyway, so it was a good, it was a good, good experience. They worked hard and I think they'll probably value the, whatever they're getting out of this camps and some attire and stuff a little more since they put in the effort and the work to do it. 
I feel like that lesson learned, though, for your son about, oh, like, yeah. you know, public, you know, what he leaves on his message is like a great parenting win. <laughs> like, yeah, he was oh, losing he a was, sale. Ouch. He was upset because he's like, what? I called her and she called me back first. And and my oldest son was like, well, she decided that she didn't like your answering message. So, you know, and he goes, I just called her. I was on my phone. And and I guess, the you know, because he was on his phone calling somebody else, it, the call didn't come in. Or go through it. He didn't switch over to it because he had been calling. And another genius moment was we had a, available to us a spreadsheet of everyone that had purchased mulch the year before. And so I told my sons, I said, you know, contact everyone you sold to last year. My oldest one had done it, and my younger son, I think they'd both done it last year. Uh, in addition to that, go ahead and contact the people that bought from seniors because seniors aren't selling anymore and they don't have siblings that are on the team. Oh. And so they kind of poached all the senior. <laughs> the seniors um, from the previous year because nobody was necessarily assigned to them. Nobody owned those, you know, customers anymore. So I was like, just go ahead and call them. And they got a few, a few good sales out of those too. So that was, that was uh, a good thing for them to do and just kind of figure out like, Hey, th- these are the people we can do uh, using some mapping stuff. We were able to pinpoint like, Hey, these neighborhoods are very, very barren. as far as sales go, try to hit those up. And, and our high schools kind of overlap as, because you can choose which high school to go to. And so there's kids that go to different high schools that probably sell in those neighborhoods where we are not necessarily selling much in. But they all do the same the same fundraiser in the district. So anyway, so a lot of, a lot of good things came of this whole activity, uh, including all the hard work they did to deliver it all in one day. So, Wow, that's amazing. You guys have quite the sales empire. <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> Maybe next year we'll see how that goes. Always be closing, kids. Well, speaking of closing, uh, 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 um, I want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast today. Okay, that was bad. I know. I <laughs> On my personal learning um, goals will be better outro transitions. We would like to hear from you if you'd like to criticize my outro technique or, more importantly, tell us what things you're learning. Um, ask us questions. Suggest topics. You can do that. Uh, via email at panel at parentdrivendevelopment.com or you can find us on Twitter at parentdrivendevelopment. And if you like what you hear, we would love for you to support us. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash parentdrivendev. Donate and you can join our listener Slack community. And you can also rate us on iTunes. It really does help us. So for Allison, Chris, and JC, I'm Josh. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time.